0: For 25 years, Christ Faith Tabernacle has spread across the globe Empowering the saints for the season of the Lord's return This season has arrived Join Apostle Alfred and Reverend P. Arnold Williams in this year of God's glory As we celebrate the Christ Faith Tabernacle 25th year jubilee From the 23rd of February to the 1st of March Our names have been great, Nation will come out of us The Lord has blessed us and nobody can revoke it Be empowered alongside ministers from across the globe to walk in the miraculous, see healings, miracles, signs and wonders in your ministry. Come and celebrate 25 incredible years that have seen christ paved Tabernacles spread across the globe, meeting dignitaries and changing nations. You are healed right now in the name of Jesus by the blood of the risen Lord. Let them see Jesus shine through your life like never before. And you are bulletproof as long as you are walking under the covering of the Almighty you got to know that God has set you apart special. God is very, very mild in every little thing. The Christ Faith Tabernacle Silver Jubilee, Leadership Training Daily, Power Miracle Nights every evening from 7 p.m., and the official dedication of the incredible CFT Cathedral Woolwich on Sunday, March the 1st at 4 p.m. The venue, CFT Cathedral, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SE eighteen six nl Visit cftchurches.org or call 020-8316-2332.
1: Well, I give unto you the grace and mercy and peace of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and It's good being with you again and to our most esteemed apostle and to Pastor Pratt, these most precious people. They're very gracious. You know, uh, before I continue, uh, I've seen Apostle Williams over the years. People can do the worst stuff. The worst stuff. But what he would do he would take them, and not only he'd of a fire in their heart, they hit. but he would give them water, he would give them drink, he would do whatever's necessary. Did you get that? See, we said, well, show me Jesus. Apostle Williams and Pastor Pratt, people can do the worst stuff, but they do not hold it against them. They bless them. When I say bless them, not word bless, they do stuff to let them know. No problem. I forgive you. No problem. God is too big. God is too good. God is too kind. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that you're here to receive that anointing in your life, to go through all the world, establish these churches, and people see Jesus? Because when they see you, They see Apostle William and Pastor Pratt. And some of you need to prepare yourself to move. Because you're going to have to move. You do know you're going to need to move. You do know God is going to shift you. I don't mean to your favorite country. He's going to uproot you and send you in places that you don't even know exist. They're going to send you to places where there's no TV, no radio, nobody even know you're there because you're on assignment. So it's not, Lord, don't let it be me. It's going to be you. I know you thought that you're going to be enjoying this all the days of your life. You better get all your pictures now. Because you're going to need, some of you are going to need these pictures to think about something when you go where nothing exists. Because you're going to have to go and make something happen that doesn't exist. You're going to have to do that. You can pass all you want to. He said, Lord, don't touch me. He just did. As a servant of the Most High God, he just touched you. Because what I said, he brings the past. And he shifts churches. I've seen him just shift, shift churches. Amen. And some of you people singing choir now, that's just now. Because your assignment is going to shift. I don't mean in this church your assignment is going to shift because you can't be under them. You can't be under them and thinking that God just sees you as a choir singer. That's not God. That's you. That's not God. Hallelujah, choir. Hallelujah. (laughs) To uh, my dear, esteemed brother, prophet, grace you in Jesus' name. I thank the Lord for Apostle Williams connecting us because it is of his kindness that we have been connected. And when I lean over to you and tell you that I love you, I do. I love you very much. And to my precious wife of 45 years. And I have never ceased to love her. Never. Everything I have has always been hers. Because when no one cared about me, she saw something inside of me prophetically. When I want to give up on myself, when I want to give up on myself, she said, you're not going to do it. I said, that's easy for you to say. (laughs) She said, but you're not going to do it. And so I thank God for having a woman that strong who spoke to me and to my two beautiful children along with the other three. Thank you so much for loving me. Amen. Well, I will have you to uh, open your Bibles to Ephesians 4 because I want to minister to you on a very special word connected to this morning where we I focused on... Um, Well, I focused on, um, it was God's vision, but I was trying to deal with the topic as it relates to specifics or the doctrine of vision. And this evening, I want to focus on, because of the doctrine of vision, God himself has a plan for us, but the plan is going to require you, demand of you, to walk out what is happening. You have enemies that God sent to you so you can practice. So it's easy to tell somebody you love them. But to, but to meet people that hate you and then love them, then you're the to people where you're from. It's easy to bless people that bless you. But to bless people that you know want to get rid of you. It's where God is going to take you. Because what I'm going to share with you this morning from Ephesians is to help you to understand that we can get all the doctrine we need, and we need it. But you have to start walking out the doctrine with folks who really could care less about you and your Jesus. They don't want to hear about him. But you're going to make sure they do. Because what I share with you this afternoon Is going to radicalize your life. So in Ephesians, chapter 4, I will be discussing with you a determined effort. It's called a determined effort, Ephesians chapter 4. And the Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord... Beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith one baptism, our God and Father of all who is above all and through you all and in you all. May, may, may God bless the reading of his word and may his word edify you and strengthen you and comfort you and heal you and deliver you and your spirit and your soul and your body in Jesus' name. Can the, will the church give a shout to the Lord? Will the church put your hands together and bless our God? Amen. Please be seated. Paul has been given this task of making sure that in the first 3 chapters of this book he saturate us with doctrine because doctrine is so needed that without doctrine you will miss not only be misled but you will misunderstand what is written in scripture if you don't know the doctrines of the Bible, and there are about 23 of them. But Paul wants you and I to know that once he has finished with us with doctrine, now it's time for us to become very practical and walk out the doctrine. It's one thing for you to say you know the Bible, but until you actually walk the Bible out, then you don't know it. It's one thing for you to say, you know, that uh, I studied the Bible. That's one thing to say, I studied the Bible. But to study the Bible and cannot apply the Bible in situations, then your studying has been in vain. So Paul then, in the first three chapters, began to address us on doctrine. and the last three chapters, Paul began to address us on practical understanding. In the first three chapters, Paul is addressing us as a theologian. In the last three chapters, Paul is addressing us as a teacher. So, Paul says, I therefore, you see the I therefore? So, what Paul is addressing, I've said to you ready already about doctrines. So, he says, because of this doctrine that I've said to you in the first three chapters, I therefore, as Paul, the prisoner, notice, Paul wants you to know that he's so honored to be a prisoner of the Lord. Not a prisoner, but the prisoner. The Lord is the one who not only owns me, but the Lord is the one who confines me. The Lord is the one who my my life is controlled by. Every decision I make is controlled by him. Everything I do is from him. Without him, I don't do anything. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Can you say that? I don't mean can you say you're a prisoner of the Lord. I'm saying can you say you're a prisoner of the Lord. No, I don't say, I'm not saying for you to say, I'm saying, can you say you're a prisoner of the Lord? (laughs) I'm not asking you to confess that you, aren't you one? Because when you're a prisoner of the Lord, you have no more rights. You're through with you. You're through with your plans. You're through with your thoughts. You're through with what you need to do, how you need to do it. You're through with how it should be done. You cannot do that and be a prisoner. To be a prisoner... Whatever God wants to have to do, whatever God wants to do with you, he do it without you saying, Lord, give me proof. And Paul is going to show this. Because he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. So notice the two words. Therefore and beseech. Beseech means... If you keep in mind, Paul's saying, that everything I just shared with you in the first three chapters, then there should not be any reason why God can't get you to do what he wants you to do. If you study the first three chapters, the Lord not only called us, the Lord not only made it so that we are delivered and set free, the Lord not only made it so that we have been resurrected, the Lord not only made it so that we have Victor over the devil, the Lord not only made it so that we have the spirit inside of us, the Lord not only made it so that everything that we need, he's given to us. The Lord has done all that. And Paul says, then, therefore, the reason I'm saying to you that you need to do what the Lord wants you to do because he's given you everything. So it's time for you and I to begin to focus on, Lord, I need to stop asking you for stuff for me. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to walk. You notice the word walk? It's four times. Walk. Walk is a show that you have come to recognize that everything about your conduct is to exemplify your master. Everything. Everything about your conduct is to exemplify that whatever situation God put you in, you are soldier ready to carry out the assignment with no hesitation. So he says, I therefore beseech you that you walk worthy. You see the word worthy? The word worthy is an interesting word because Paul says, I want you to take everything God has done for you and put it on a scale. And then I want you to put your life on the other side of the scale. If what Christ has done for you and your life don't balance off, then you're not walking. Paul says to you and I that if what you're saying doesn't line up with what you're doing, then you stop saying it. So he says, walk worthy. If what you have been saying from the Bible does not manifest in your walk, then stop talking because there's no discussion because people should observe your walk, not your talk. When Jesus ministered, Jesus was one with what he said. When you are one with what you say, then you don't have to remember what you said. Do you understand? When you're one with what you say, you don't have to remember who you said it to. Romans tells us that before you teach another, teach yourself. Before you want to expound and get deep with the Bible, make sure that you're drowning yourself in what you're saying. So when you begin to teach someone, out of you come rivers of living water, and people will change. You are supposed to be changing people because you have God inside of you. When people come into your space, everything should shift because they came in your space. God sends you to places where peace needs to be made. Because you're called, the Bible says in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers. So you have been assigned to make peace. So you start with you. And you go into your home. You've been assigned to make peace. Starting with you. Peace starting with you means that whatever you've been fighting with inside of you, it needs to end. Because Jesus Christ has already given you the victory. I said, Jesus has already given you the victory. Amen. And since he's given you the victory, then why are you spending so much time on you? You need to spend time on folks who don't know you and don't know him. God, put me in places where peace needs to be made. Send me to places, Lord, where folks hate you. I'll be the one to change place. So, Paul says, walk worthy, walk worthy of the vocation. Interesting. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Something interesting is going on in this passage. Paul wants you to know, and of course, we all say that we're called. Let me see your hand of all those you're called. You've been called. Pretend of I call, called. That's on this side over here. All of you call, right? Yes? Everybody over here call? Are you sure? Okay, I just want to be sure when I start talking, I don't know. Over here, we all call. So, Paul says, then when you walk worthy of your call, he said, the way you show you what word that you call, the next word is lowly. See, a lot of people say, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm an evangelist, I'm a pastor, I'm a bishop, I'm an archbishop. Paul says, then you should be lowly. You should be so empty of yourself. When folks start walking over you, you have no problem. If they don't give you any recognition, it doesn't bother you. If they don't call you by your title, it doesn't bother you. They don't call you by your office. It doesn't bother you. Because if you have to, you know, there shouldn't be any difference in you and I who called from the Lord's of person. Because if this list of shoes need to be shined, all of us should do it if that's what God is saying. And nobody would know. But you're anointed. Well, we're all anointed. When God called you, Jesus said, let me tell you what I have done. I am the greatest among all of you, but I'm a slave for Him, and therefore, if He's a slave, He's a bond servant, a slave. Then we should all, all be doing the same thing, and who would know it? So when you start saying that you are called, then you should show that you are the lowest of all of them. So if someone doesn't recognize you. When I came into this world, my name is Ulysses Tough. That's my name. So does it take an office for me to serve you? I should serve you because my name is Ulysses Tuff. And, 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 and the spirit of God lives inside of me. So Paul says, for those of us who say we're called, let's start with showing folks how low you can be. Is that in your Bible? Because you notice you notice that, yes. Walking word of your call, notice he said, with all. You notice he didn't say as if with lowliness, he says with all. Yes. With all lowliness means that keep emptying yourself and keep emptying yourself and keep emptying yourself. That there's nothing about you that people will misunderstand as to who are you serving. Do we need to think on that for a little while? he says, with all lowliness and gentleness. Paul says that when you are low, you should be kind to everyone. We have a tendency to be kind to people once we find out who they are. We have a tendency to show great respect to people once we find out what they do. We have a tendency to give honor to people once we find out what they have achieved. But Paul says, not so. <laughs> He says, "Walk with all lowliness and gentleness, and with long suffering, being long tempered." Paul says, "If you think about what God has been doing, has done for you, of all the years before you got to where you are, when He sent people, when He sent you to people, how much time are you going to give them to change?" Are you going to give them six months to change or a year to change? You're going to give them two years to change? How much time are you going to work with them? Two years, three years, four years, five. It shouldn't matter because when you're long temperate, you're saying to God, God, you have me here representing you. And because you're here, you have me here representing you, then whatever it takes for me to convince them, I am going to do it. <laughs> so Paul so Paul says to the Romans, again I say to you, before you teach another, teach first yourself. Because what we are doing, we want to teach people to do things, but we are not the livers, or we are not living what we want them to do. So follow me as I follow Christ. Then Paul goes to another word. <laughs> bearing with one another. See, 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 bearing is not just I just put up with you. You, you, you ready for bearing? I'm going to demonstrate bearing to you. May I demonstrate bearing? Okay, may I have a volunteer? One of you brothers, brother, come, come and let me demonstrate bearing. Come on. You sure you want to see bearing? How many you want to see bearing? I'm gonna demonstrate bearing. You ready? (laughs) Paul says that when they beat you, you don't come back fighting. Paul says, when they beat you, you're going to come back fighting. Are oh, you going sit here?
0: <laughs>
1: Paul says, to bear is that I'm going to put you in situations to let them see who's really inside of you. And therefore, the situation, you are not going to fight back. You're not going to be an iPhone, i242. It's not going to be, you're going to tell someone else about the wrong they've done to you. He said, you're going to tell me and you're going to be through. So he has got beat on this side. Then he's got kicked here. Mm -hmm. He's got beat here. Then they want to strip him of all his male organs. They want to do this. And then he must say, Lord, but forgive them. That's right. For they know not what they're doing. Right. Hmm. Let me see how many you say you're calling now, hand? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You understand? Because we're quick to say, I'm called. But until you're doing this yeah. shh, shh shh don't 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 say anything. Can we give our great brother a hand? <laughs> so you are worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering forbearing one another. Notice, one another in love. So what we do is that we're going to forbear one another in love, then Paul says, that what we must show people is who, not only is our God, but what is our motivation? What is our, when you do things, why do you do them? Do you do things so you can be recognized? Do you, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? If you were never recognized, would you do what you're doing because you have such a love for God? If you were not recognized, would you do what you're doing? With the same motivation. If no one ever laid hands on you. Ordained you. Would your motivation still be the same to do everything you're doing? With you. Why do you do what you do? If you're not doing it. Because you have a love for God, because you're in love with God, then you need to readdress your reason. Because if the reason is not connected to who he is, then you will find eventually flesh is going to take over. And you're going to get upset with something. Because God will cause you to get upset about something. It's important for you to keep in mind that God knows what it takes to get you and I where he wants us to go. So he says, so the writer says, with all lowliness and meekness, forbearing one another in love. Notice endeavoring. Endeavoring is to make a haste. Endeavoring is to, to, to make a determined effort. So, God says, I want you to make a determined effort that what I want to bring about in my body, you are getting it done. Purposely, you're focusing on God. If I'm not being lowly, then help me to get lower. Lord, if I'm not being long-suffering, because God says, what's keeping the body from becoming one is that everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody want someone to know what they're doing. (laughs) You know, the Bible tells us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. How often? How often? Daily. Correct? The Bible tells us, Romans twelve one 1 and 2. I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God. I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God. That you do what? That you present your body as a living sacrifice. You ready to present your body? You sure? Come here, brother. Mm-hmm. This is where you present your body, because what the word actually means is to take a noose, put it around your neck, and bring you to Jesus, and say, Jesus, here I am, sir. Uh Jesus, what you want me to do? And Jesus, take you by the the neck, the noose, and ride you, and do whatever you want to have done. And you don't say, well, Lord, you're not using anybody else. Uh But he's talking about your body. So, Lord, I'm in Paris, but you say you want to be used by the Lord. You say Lord, people laughing at me, but you say you want to be used by the Lord. So, Lord, what does this have to do with ministry? Everything. This is ministry. So, you think ministry is preaching, laying hands on someone, prophesying. That's not ministry. That's the Lord working in you. Ministry is when you got to put forth an effort. To let all this stuff happen where you've been put to shame. See, that's you. Am I choking your neck? Can you breathe? <laughs> <Bless> you. <laughs> so, so, so he says, I beseech you by the mercy of the Lord that you present your bodies a living sacrifice only acceptable to God. So Paul then takes us back to Ephesians and said, but are you understanding lowliness? Are you understanding that you're endeavoring, you're making a determined effort to make sure that people know there's only one body? Or you understand there's only one body? Do you understand you're endeavoring to keep, to guard the unity, the oneness? And where's this unity coming from? The unity of the Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit's unity, it's not our unity. The Holy Spirit has been sent to bring unity. He has been sent to bring us together. But you got to make sure that you putting forth every effort to make it happen. If you put forth every effort to make it happen, then Jesus can be glorified because the Holy Spirit has been sent to glorify Jesus. Wow. And <laughs> mm. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond the spirit is the source the bond is the means by which you get it done and the peace is what makes it work the spirit is the source the bond is a means but the peace is what causes it to work so when you get in situations Jesus says i've given you my peace so don't let your heart be disturbed because you don't understand what's going on. And you understand peace, yes? When the Bible says the uh, fruit of the Spirit is love to peace, you understand peace? Peace means that you know everything is well between you and your Heavenly Father. And since you know everything is well between you and your Heavenly Father, Jesus is telling us by the Spirit of the Lord that we have to be in the bond of peace in everything that we're doing, we are going to make sure that peace is governing us. Let's go to the next verse. So he says, there is one body. Now, what's crucial for us? What has been most devastating for us? When we begin to look at churches that name the name of Jesus, we say we're different than those people. But do they name the name of Jesus? Have they been washed with the blood of the Lamb? Is the Holy Spirit living inside of them. You must understand that the body of Christ has nothing to do with people who may or may not speak in tongues. They may not speak in tongues. They may not lay hands on the sick. But have they acknowledged and repented of their sins? And if Jesus come into their heart, you are not to touch them. Because now what we're doing is touching other parts of the body. Come here, brother, please. You, sir, come. This is a brother with a body. We all agree? He has a body. Hold your hand out this way. Here he has a, a ring on his finger. So if I spoke about his ring that's on his finger, does it matter? If I spoke about this ring, should it matter? It should matter because it's, it's on his body. This belongs to him. Are you understanding me? Because what we're doing is we're isolating who we should be talking about and what we should be talking about, separating it as if it doesn't belong to Jesus. Are you understanding me? Should I... Should I, as a Christian, heard him this year, that is, I'm saying a lot of words about this brother. But he is a part of Jesus. So, Jesus hears this. So, should we be talking about somebody in Jesus' body and Jesus hears it? Are you listening to me? Because what we're doing is I can speak against whomever I want to. Well, if they belong to Jesus, you don't have a right to touch Jesus' body. Yes, or no? Because what we're doing, we're deciding, I know this brother's a, a part of the body. Come here, brother. <laughs> He's from... Uh South Africa. He told me Paul I didn't know this. He told me that and in, in church two thousand and six, wasn't it? That I gave him word of the law, he was a young fella. I don't But but he, but he's a part of the body. Do they look alike? So then how do you know that he's a part of the body? Come in, sweetie. She's a part of the body. Do they look alike? So why do you think Jesus need to make them look alike for you? Why do you think Jesus need to conform to you? For what's called the body? He says, "But they're mine. Since they're mine, they don't touch what's mine." So we pray for them, but don't touch them. Because that's what Paul didn't get. I mean, that's what Saul didn't understand. Saul was going for. Touching the body and didn't know that he was actually touching Jesus. And what we got to understand is if somebody belongs to Jesus, rather than speak against them, speak about them, let's pray to Jesus. And Jesus will take care of the business because there is only one. Agree? Here's a body. One body. Here's a body. One body. Here's a body, one body. And in Christ Jesus, how many bodies do you see? There's one body in Christ Jesus. Can you, can you imagine that? What Christ is trying to help us understand, that when he came and sent his spirit inside of them, then criteria changes as to what we think about them. Because once the spirit lives inside of them, and the Spirit, Holy Spirit is the guarantee, The Holy Spirit is the one who has sealed them. Be sealed means the Holy Spirit is saying, but this is my property because this is his property. Then why do we not understand the property in the buildings of Jesus? Because if that's the case, then God himself is saying, then I can never bring them together because you're constantly tearing them apart. Because from your standpoint, you are not approving them and you don't have to because I have. You understand? Thank you, brothers, sister. So there's one body and one spirit. How many? So when he says, when he says, remember who called you? See who has called you? Jesus Christ called you. Because Jesus has called you then how did you respond to the call? When Jesus called you, how did you respond to the call? I answered him. How did you answer? By accepting his call. How did you accept his call? <laughs> hmm. You're working in his way. Walking in his way. How did you do that? The Holy Spirit is the one who got you to a place that not only could you hear, but you could respond. And and then worked in you the faith to make it happen. Because we were all dead. We were all dead. And we were all also not only dead in sin, but we were dead to God. So how did we, dead, respond to a living God? The Holy Spirit that Jesus sent made it so that he quickened you. he brought you alive so that you can respond. So he says, if I brought you alive, then why are you talking about people who experience not like yours? Because we're talking about people who experience not like ours. And we feel that experience is not, not like ours, was there and it's not genuine. Are you understanding my language? Because what God is trying to help us understand, that he's trying to show us that the reason there's so much disunity in the body because those four things that I share with you do not exist. Can you imagine those four things do not exist in the body of Christ? Lowliness, gentleness, meekness, long-suffering. They do not exist because when they exist, there can be no division you with me? Because if we are walking lowly before the Lord our God, how can there be division? If we all walking in gentleness, how can there be division? If we all understand that we have all called on the name of Jesus, and some church that's over there may be in a little small building, why would we talk about that little small building? Why would we do that? Jesus is still with them. There are some places I've gone where there is not a building. We're outdoors having church on a stump. Would that be Jesus? Yes, that would be. So why would we talk about them? You understand? Understanding because if Jesus is at a place trying to bring us together to cut away all the confusion we have, he says, but I'm the one who's called you. I'm the one put you in a place where I put the Holy Spirit in you to show you how to walk like me. So let me take care of my business and let me show you how to do my business. And let me show you who I love. Because all those who call me, Jesus says, I love them. Let me see the hands of all you brothers married. If you're married, raise your hand. So for all us, all the brothers who married, <clears throat> this is what I want you to know. The Lord, are you sure you ready for this? You married, you sure you're ready? Take your hand down. If you call, then God says, your wife is my business. And since she's my business, I made her heir also. You want, to get your, you want to get your prayers answered, show me how you treat your wife. Then I'll answer your prayer. <laughs> My brother said, what? <laughs> <laughs> because you can't get your prayers answered when you have refused to see that your wife, who's a Christian, is as much as a part of Jesus as you are. But you'll say, I love Jesus. Then you mistreat your wife, but don't treat your wife as she deserves. And you not understand, but you, there you go, just touch Jesus. So you sisters who are married, let me see. Let's see your sisters who are married. Amen. Sisters, you, raise your hands, let me see you married. So you sisters who are married, because the same thing applies. You sisters who are married, God says, what I need you to understand your husband who saved is in my stead. So when he's talking, don't be working on the inside. You know, you're saying stuff on the inside like you don't want to listen to him. But respect him. And then you're showing me how much you love me. Because if we're going to get healing in the body, we have to start with us individually. We have to take it in our homes And then the church will be set free. The the church meaning not just the called out ones, but everybody who gathered together in the name of Jesus will be set free. Because what God is trying to do is to show us, how do we let the Holy Spirit rule inside of us? And how do we let the Holy Spirit show us that he's God? You begin to walk. (laughs) You begin to walk worthy. What you say is what you do. If you're not doing it, then don't say it. Uh, Prophet Hancock said something that's so very true, and I was going to make this statement tonight, but you said it earlier. This man of God, Apostle, please, sir. How many of you know, all of you would say right at this place that you know God has sent you to him? Raise your hand. So that means later on down the road, God is not going to change his mind and you're going some other place, right? I didn't hear you. Did you say something? Because you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested to see if God sent you to him and God knew what he was doing, he knew where you had to be. Then, if we come back 10 years from now, we should see all of you still here or doing what he's told you to do. So, if I ask him a question about you, he's, Oh, yeah, that brother is, and that sister is. But your testimony shouldn't be, I, I, couldn't, I, I just couldn't handle what he's doing. What you're doing is saying to Jesus, Jesus, you change your mind. And Jesus doesn't change his mind. You understand? Because what we have been doing is playing games and we'll love something that's big and great. But we don't want to go out and make anything work. We just want to enjoy the benefits. I said, we just want to enjoy the benefits. How many of you are so glad that the Lord didn't call you to be with Apostle William when he had me in that old Lutheran church. <laughs> you were there, I know. All things church. Frozen. I mean, you're so glad that God didn't call you then. Raise your hand. Be honest with yourself. Come on, be honest with yourself. I mean, there was no heat. Just cold, cold, cold. And Apostle William was singing like, he singing now. He was dancing like he was dancing now. And we could all be cold, but he was dancing. And so that's how we thought out. We thought out by singing. So that meant then that God got you in this plush place and God is not going to change his mind next year and say to you, you know something? You now can leave. You haven't even got started with your assignment yet. So where is he going to send you? Because everything that you should be doing is going to be connected to him coming out of him. Yes? And if that's the truth, then you ready for this? Because this is what I've come to understand, an Apostle. Too many, not all, but just too many brothers and sisters from Africa, they will bow to you, but in their heart they can have issues. They bow, yes, sir, yes, sir. Next thing you know, they're gone. (laughs) Yes, sir. All the time you bow, you're thinking stuff. But he said, as a father, talk to him. That's what he said. So that means you can talk to him. You, You can talk to Pastor Pratt. You understand? Because if God is trying to bring about healing, thank you, Apostle. God is trying to bring about healing in the body and oneness in the body by the Spirit, then we got some work to do. Do you agree or disagree? Do you agree? And I just talk to the choir. Do you agree or disagree? Because you can pray, 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 pray. Fast, 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 fast. But until you can get up off your knees and walk it out, you're praying, you're fast, not serving any purpose. <laughs> of course, I thank the Lord for your Yes, sir. That's that's nice. But until your life shows that your bowing is truly in your heart, then maybe you want to consider I shouldn't bow. Some sisters will get around a man of God and almost go to the floor. But when they get home they don't want to touch their husband. Hey is something wrong with that picture? Are you talking to me? Are you not talking to me? Some sisters were bow to a man of God. Then when you see them, see how they respond to the husband. Not the same thing. There's something wrong with that picture. Yes, yeah, something is wrong with that picture. Because your husband is your first priest, prophet, and king of your house. Because if we're going to let the Holy Spirit show us, we're going to be consistent in what we are doing. I'm going to stop here because I have come to the place where I've done what God wants me to do. And now you have responsibility to make it work. Because He's here to help you. Because if He is bringing us here, to prepare you, because it's all about preparation, then you're going to say to him, but Lord, since you are preparing me, now it's time for me to begin to walk in what I've been hearing. Amen. Amen. And challenges are normal. God himself has put his grace upon you, his spirit upon you, and you are going to make a difference look at your neighbor. a neighbor you're not gonna hold me back and I'm not gonna let you hold you back if I have to drag you I'm gonna drag you if I have to slap you I'm <laughs> Say, we're part of the, neighbor, we're part of the body here. We're part of CFT. So I'm not going to let you, my body part, hinder me. I'm not going to let you hinder anybody else. I want you to know, neighbor, when I get radical with you, don't talk that stuff where you don't love me. Say, yeah, I love you. That's why I'm going to be radical. Do you understand? Because there's too much work to be done. And God doesn't bring you here so you can just see the the beauty of this place. He brings you here to show you that he can do anything he wants to whenever He gets ready. Do you understand? And then, from this place, as I told Apostle, you already know this, he confirmed this, from this place, Jesus said it is just going to happen. See, what God had to do was to show you That in London, if he can do this with you people in London, Africa is done deal. So he decided to move in this direction first to let you see what he can do. Then he says to you, if I did this here with all the people who say it couldn't be done. He said, this was a statement about me. He said, so therefore, when it comes to Jesus City, it's already written, recorded, is over. So say to your neighbor, neighbor, you heard what the apostle said. So I don't want to hear anything else contrary. If you come to try to whisper to me about something, I'm going to slap you right in the mouth. Because neighbor, I'm not here to play and you are not going to keep me from functioning according to my design according to my purpose here in CFT yes. radical you got to be radical you can't be pretty cuz people come to you with stuff and you got to end it you got to nip it in the bud right there <laughs> Well, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: For 25 years, Christ's Faith Tabernacle has spread across the globe, empowering the saints for the season of the Lord's return. This season has arrived. Join Apostle Alfred and Reverend Peter Williams in this year of God's glory as we celebrate the Christ-Paved Tabernacle 25th Year Jubilee from the 23rd of February to the 1st of March. Our names shall be great, Nation will come out of us, the Lord has blessed us and nobody can revoke it. Be empowered alongside ministers from across the globe. To walk in the miraculous, see healings, miracles, signs and wonders in your ministry. Come and celebrate twenty five incredible years that have seen Christ paved tabernacles spread across the globe, meeting dignitaries and changing nations. You are healed right now in the name of Jesus by the blood of the risen Lord. Let them see Jesus shine through your life like never before. And you are bulletproof as long as you are walking under the covering of the Almighty you got to know that God has set you apart special. God is very, very modern. The Christ Faith Tabernacle Silver Jubilee. Leadership Training Daily. Power Miracle Nights every evening from 7pm. And the official dedication of the incredible CFT Cathedral Woolwich on Sunday, March 1st at 4pm. The venue, CFT Cathedral, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, se 18 6NL. Visit cftchurches.org or call 020-8316-2332.